Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. For this week's podcast, I'm joined by the great Bill Cates. Bill could be described as something of royalty in the speaking world since he is one of the founding members of the Million Dollar Speakers Group and was inducted into the Professional Speakers Hall of Fame in 2010. He has delivered his business growth message to over half a million professionals across the globe and his unique client acquisition system has featured in a number of well-known publications such as the Wall Street Journal, Success Magazine and the Huffington Post. As an author, Bill has written four, yes, four best-selling books, including his latest, Radical Relevance. I'm sure we'll be hearing all about that during the course of the next 30 minutes. And if all of that wasn't enough, Bill has camped in the Arctic Circle, not sure why you'd want to do that, but we're going to find out, I'm sure, reached the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro, climbed Machu Picchu, and has even done what most people only dream of, and that is, of course, touring his country as a drummer of a rock and roll band. Absolutely incredible, I think you'll agree. So we might just struggle to get all of this in in 30 minutes, but let's see how we get on. Please allow me to introduce you today on the Sandro Forte podcast to the wonderful Bill Cates. Bill, welcome. <laughs> well, Sandra, thank you. And, and just to clear things up in case they misheard you, it's Bill Cates, not Bill Gates. <laughs> I missed it by one letter and a, several billion brain cells. Do you know, I, I got so excited to think that we had the founder of Microsoft on the show today. But um, no, nevertheless, we'll, we'll, so put up, we'll put up with you for 30 minutes. You and I go back uh, a, a fair few years. And actually, all joking apart, I'd much rather have Bill Cates on the show than I would Bill Gates, because in the next 30 minutes, the listeners on this podcast are about to find out. So it is a personal delight to have you on the show. And thank you. I know that in your world right now, we'll, we'll find out a little bit more, but in your world right now, a number of challenges, but not every success story, you know, is, a, is an upward trajectory. No, growth is never a straight line. Mm. So I want to find out about all the successes and all the failures, what you've learned, and some of those key messages that you share so eloquently on stages across the world that might ultimately help our audience. So let's start Bill Cates, not Bill Gates, with where did the where did the career start, Bill? Because I'm sure you didn't wake up one day and say, you know what, I want to be a professional speaker and an author and a coach. No, it's true. Um, actually, I don't know how far back you want to go, but let's go back to when I owned a book publishing company and, and how... How did I own a book publishing company? Well, um, I, I, I worked for an airline at the time many, many years ago, and, and I wrote a book on airline careers, and this was before the internet, so I started selling it through direct mail, through advertisements in the back of magazines and things like that, and so I learned the word of, world of publishing, and I learned the world of uh, direct mail and advertising through that, and then I parlayed that into publishing other people's books for about eight, nine years. Um, eventually sold the business. I uh, had actually two publishing businesses, one with a partner. That's a, another conversation. Uh, the one I built myself, I sold for a pretty good amount of money and 
the woman, my partner, I really just, I got out to, and he assumed the debt, right? So not, when someone sells a business, it's not always a big cash out. Uh, sometimes it's just get out. And, um, and, and then, uh, you know, I was, I was living comfortably and, and looking for the next thing to do. And a friend of mine said, you know, Bill, you, you should be a professional speaker. You'd be good at that. And I go, okay, what's that? Because I never really seen speakers before. I didn't really know what that world was. And so I joined the National Speakers Association in the United States. And, you know, one of the lessons I learned, if, if you want to do something in life, whatever it is, and you're not quite sure how to get there or you're not ready, just hang around people who are doing it, right? And see what they're doing and talk to them, learn from them, uh, ask a lot of good questions respectfully. And so that's what happened. And I slowly figured out the business. And I, I don't know about the speaking royalty thing. Uh, I, I kind of like that though. I'll, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll try that one. <laughs> <laughs> you, you heard it here first. Um, I did. Now, and you know, the thing is, what, what's lovely about what you've just said, Bill, if you don't mind me saying, and I, you know, I'm, I'm sure you, you will humbly accept this in, in the way it's intended <laughs> to be delivered to you. But, you know, you are now something of an authority. In other words, you're one of those people that the younger generation of aspiring speakers want to hang around. So. I'm interested to understand uh, what that incredible journey over many, many years has taught you. Uh, let's start by talking about some of the challenges, because as I mentioned earlier, you know, particularly in the current climate, for a professional speaker, it's probably the, the profession you would not want to be in right now. But I know mm. that through resilience and innovation, you're already thinking outside the box. We'll talk about the book in the moment, because that has some, some connections with, with what you're doing currently. How is, how is Bill Cates kind of reinventing himself and surviving these challenges? Yeah, so there's a few parts to the answer to that. The first part is, um, in some ways, unlike a lot of folks in this business, I, I was uh, a little bit more prepared for this in that uh, I had already built uh, uh, some diversity into my business in terms of diversity of income streams. And so, you know, and this is... Uh, really a lesson for any entrepreneur, anyone try to build a business, uh, sometimes you, you need to be careful about relying on just any one income stream because you never know when something's going to upset that. Uh, just like you never want to have, you know, one big client or customer uh, feeding your business. You, you don't want to have any client or customer uh, accounting for any more than 20% of your business uh, at any one time. And so, because I had a lot of different income streams, not just getting up on a stage and speaking, uh, we were okay. Uh, yeah, revenue's down a little bit, no question about it, because getting on stages is very profitable uh, if you don't count the travel to get there. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but what we've been doing, of course, is embracing the online even more. We have a lot of online learning. Uh, you know, I was looking forward to in, in my goal about, about a year ago, my goal for three years, uh, forward was to start writing a lot more and I want to write a book every year and I, I wanted to do more video. And so guess what? I've kind of been, you know, that's been accelerated just like a lot of people have seen things accelerate because of this. Um, you know, I was talking to a financial advisor in Canada just yesterday and uh, in Canada, they weren't as accepting to the, uh, you know, doing Zoom meetings and go to meetings and, you know, virtual type of meetings as they were in the States. And she had always wanted to do that. 
And then COVID hits and bam, all of a sudden she has the business she wanted where she's doing a lot more online. It's something that she wanted. So uh, sometimes, you know, fate steps in and pushes us in a direction that we don't want to go. Or sometimes it's a direction we want to go just a little faster than we accounted for. And uh, so I'm doing more coaching. You know, I'm getting on the phone with people one-to-one more than I used to. I'm enjoying that because for me in my business, it's a, it's like a laboratory, right? I get to talk to people who are using my processes or, or learning them and using them. Uh, so it's a real close one-to-one type of situation. It's making me better, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever you hit a problem in a, in a business, one of the lessons I learned is, you know, talk to your customers, talk to your clients. Um, because they really have the answers. They, they will tell you what they need from you. Uh, they will give you ideas of where you can direct your business. And so that's a lot of what I did. I did a lot of talking and mostly listening uh, to my clients to figure out what did they need now that maybe I wasn't offering that I could develop quickly. Mm. So far, I've, I've heard some, some really uh, key words, which we'll explore in more detail. Yeah, that diversification of income stream, you know, not all the eggs in one basket. And it's interesting what a diverse yes. range of answers we get from, from different guests on, on the show. I, I love the word embrace. You know, you talked about embracing change, embracing those new challenges that present themselves. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about your, your wonderful work-life balance, which so many people strive and fail to achieve. Uh, you know, going out on your boat on a Monday and playing golf on a Friday. Uh, but before we get mm. to that, I, I, I can't help but look at your, your profile picture on your Zoom uh, image here, Bill. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I have to ask you about the extreme adventure stuff. Um, the sort of thing <laughs> that I, I, I look at in awe and just go, gosh, I wish I had the, the time and the guts to do that stuff. I, I think the question would be, all those things that I mentioned in the introduction, I know there's a, a plenty more besides, what have they taught you uh, about yourself and about life and business? Did any of those change your mindset in any way, in a way that you can perhaps share with, with people listening? Yeah. Um, most of these challenges that I have done, Kilimanjaro, camping in the Arctic Circle, uh, other, other things like that, uh, actually came from, came from the outside, came from an external challenge where someone, I remember I was talking to a group of friends, we were thinking of doing something. One guy stands up and says, I'm going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. And who's in with me? I go, well, okay, I'll do it. I had no idea that it was the tallest freestanding mountain in the world. I had no idea what kind of training I had to do to get there. I mean, it's not, I wouldn't call it an extreme because it's not a technical climb, but it's still, you know, it's still an accomplishment. And, and the Arctic Circle and some of the other things I've done, it, it all came from challenges from other people. And so I've just learned to embrace, I've learned to, uh, you know, I got to pay attention to myself. We all have to pay attention to ourselves, our inner voice and all that good stuff. And people external to us can really motivate us and help us in a lot of ways. So I'll give you an example. In, in the speaking business, uh, as I was starting to get into it, one of the things that, that happened is somebody offered me a job to do some sales training for his company. Uh, and, I, you know, I had done sales, but I, I didn't consider myself, you know, up to the point of being a, a great sales trainer. And a friend of mine, John Hurley, the mean, I says, you know, Bill, you could do this. In fact, you'll probably be very good at this. And I go, oh, well, and, and that was it, right? That's all I needed. So sometimes we rise to the level of others' expectations. Sometimes that's a booby prize, right? We got to be careful about that. But if there are people we really trust and people who see things in us 
that maybe we don't see ourselves, what we're perhaps capable of, then, you know, we got to listen to that. We got to pay attention to that. So I'd say that's the biggest lesson I got from all that um, uh, is just, you know, raising my expectations of what's possible, uh, sometimes influenced by what other people think is possible of me. I, I love the fact that you seem to say yes and then work out the answer to the question. Uh, you know, yes, I'll be a professional speaker. Yes, I'll uh, climb Mount Kilimanjaro. I mean, that, that's, a great, that's a great mantra. That's a great philosophy. You know, yeah. just say yes and then work out the detail <laughs> afterwards. Um, you know, I never, I never thought of it that way, Sandra. I, I, but you're right. That's what I do. Uh, yeah, I say yes and I say, all right, we'll figure out how to do this. <laughs> Well, which, which actually leads us nicely to talking about what you do, Bill. For those who don't know about you, although mm. I'm sure your reputation precedes you, uh, you are mm. many more things. But I think most of us, particularly in the insurance world, know you as the, the client acquisition expert, you know, an author, a speaker. Mm-hmm. I know you're a lot more things than that. But what, what's the best advice since we've got you on the show and because of your expertise? What's the best advice you'd give to people looking to increase their clientele? Uh, and to add to this, what's the biggest mistake you see when uh, people are looking to build their business through client acquisition? Well, I don't know we have enough time for all the mistakes, but uh, one, one of the things is, and this is somewhat based on, on my newest book, Radical Relevance, is truly have a passion uh, for getting to know your clients or customers. Uh, you don't want to sit back in your ivory tower figuring out you have the answer and creating the product or service. And then, you know, you will put it out there to the world and they will discover it and find you. And no, because you're probably not going to talk about it in the right way. You're probably going to make a lot of mistakes along the way. So an intimate knowledge and understanding of your uh, client or customer and what their challenges are and, 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 and how your product service, your offer will help them with their specific challenges. And, so in my book, Radical Relevance, uh, I have the 17 rules of, of Radical Relevance. And rule number two is give your clients or customers a seat at the table, meaning you don't do anything. You don't create new marketing materials. You don't, uh, you know, finish off your website or whatever without giving at least some of your clients or even prospects who are good prospects and you have a good relationship with, uh, uh, you know, a, a look-see at that because um, you learn so much from them and you learn the words and the phrases that, that they would describe what you do. And when you talk about your product or service, you want to use the words and phrases and concepts that are already in their brain. Uh, you know, too many people come up with, you know, jargon and marketing speak. They get too creative. They, they, their creativity gets in their way. And so it doesn't resonate in the brain. And, and so that's one of the biggest things I discovered is to target our message properly. Um, mistakes. Well, one of the biggest mistakes is when I didn't do that. <laughs> and uh, I had done a little work with banks and I thought I knew the world well enough to create this new video product at the time it was with CDs, DVDs and um, put this product out. Uh, it was called Referrals You Can Bank On. Clever, right? And it was about mm-hmm. my referral process. Uh, but I, I struggled selling that. I just, there was things I learned after I created the product uh, about the industry uh, that I didn't really know. And so it sat there. And then several years ago, I remember going to the county dump and throwing out approximately 60,000 CDs and DVDs. 
Um, you know, each one probably eh, it didn't cost me a dollar each, but maybe 50 cents each. Right. So that was a, that was a mistake. Um, cause I, I didn't practice what I knew I should. <laughs> and, and what about, um, I mean, I've, I've heard you speak on stages in, in various parts of the world. Um, mm. and you know, you are the guru, you're the, you're the go-to guy when it comes to filling diaries. Uh, you mentioned referrals. Uh, Bill, yes. Is there? Mm-hmm. I, I'm particularly interested in this, and I know a lot of people listening will be. Is, is there a new way to attract new clients, or has it always been the same? We've just found different ways to do it. <laughs> yeah, it, I'll tell you the the, the referral process, uh, the introduction process. It's pretty age old. So, you know, think about first of all, think about how how would anyone prefer to meet you you know, your product, your service. Well, it's a recommendation from someone else they already trust, right? And um, so think about before there was telephone, before there was telegraph, uh, someone in one town or village would want to do business in another town or village. What would they do? They'd bring a letter of introduction, right? They bring a letter written by someone who has a reputation and that would be enough to get in the door. And, and, and they would trade on what I like to refer to as borrowed trust, the trust uh, in that one relationship is strong enough to get your foot in the door. Now, eventually you have to earn your own trust, of course, but that borrowed trust has been around really forever. And so has it changed? Some of the basic principles, no, have not changed because you have to be referable, right? You have to be trustworthy, worthy of trust. You have to be remarkable, which is worthy of remark, right? So that still has to be there. Uh, uh, You can, some people mistakenly believe that if you just serve the heck out of your clients or customers, that will create enough word of mouth and and recommendations to help you be successful. And there are some industries where that could work, but in most industries, that's not enough. So we have to ask, we have to be proactive. We have to ask for introductions. And that's where people get very nervous. They have a lot of mistaken thinking and limiting beliefs that where they don't do that. And then unfortunately that holds them back and they miss a lot of opportunity. Uh, you know, the, the truth is because most people would prefer, prefer to meet you through a recommendation and introduction from someone they trust, it really should be our primary way of meeting them, right? Don't we want to build a business based on meeting them the way they want to meet us? And yet too many people try to build businesses with in every other way than that. Mm. And sometimes their success is limited, especially in professional services and, and that sort of, uh, I'm not talking about necessarily an online, you know, marketing app or something. Yeah. Uh, we've, you've mentioned radical re- relevance a couple of times now. Uh, be relevant or be ignored. I know is a, is a kind of a motto for, yes. for your new book. How, how does someone, Bill, maintain their relevancy if maybe they found success, as many people have done in the past, but, but for whatever reason now are struggling. In other words, to, to reconnect with, with that relevance. Just tell us a little bit about relevance, uh, you know, be relevant or be ignored in, in right. the context of the book. Sure. So um, part of the answer goes back to what we already talked about, which is really knowing your market and talking to the market. 
Uh, and that's one of the things I had to do when the COVID hit. And, you know, what, what do you need? Well, how has your world changed so that I can change my world to serve you? So that, that's one of the biggest ways we become relevant. Um, but there's other ways. So one of the things we talk about in the book is the, the concept of narrowing your focus, of not trying to be too much to too many people. Generally speaking, the more narrow your focus in your business uh, the better, because your message is going to be more appropriate, more relevant to those people. Uh, so, for instance, um, you know, you're a financial advisor by day. As a financial advisor, investment manager, you could focus on anyone with money. <laughs> you could focus on business owners. Now you're starting to narrow a little bit. You could focus on business owners in a specific industry right? You could focus on business owners in a specific industry that are five years from selling their business. So what happens is the more narrow you get with your target, the, the, the more likely you're going to actually find the bullseye. And the bullseye is your, what I call right fit client or right fit customer. It was a person you were meant to serve. They were meant to be served by you. Sometimes in marketing circles, they call it the persona or the avatar. Nonetheless, it's it's that, that hyper-focus so that your messaging, everything you say and do, will resonate with them. One of the biggest, uh, most important words in sales and marketing that I learned a long time ago is the concept of empathy, right? People want to have a sense, uh, people who are, uh, when we're being sold to and marketed to, we want to have a sense that people get us. They, they have a sense of who we are. Uh, they know a little bit about our fears, our doubts, our opportunities, our challenges, etc. So when we can display that empathy, that knowingness, and that gets stronger when we target, then we stand a better chance of resonating and, and capturing, you know, capturing their interest and, and earning the right to a conversation. Mm. Uh, the other books, you know, you've written four books. We've, we've talked a little bit about radical re- relevance and unfortunately we don't have enough time to explore them all in detail. But, you know, since you are... Uh, as I said before, very much the go-to guy when it comes to client acquisition, referrals, uh, and everything that, that goes with that. Tell us a little bit about the other books as well, Bill. Yeah, sure. Thank you. So, um, uh, Get More Referrals Now uh, was the, my, my really my second book on referrals, but it's the one that's still out on the market, if you will. Um, and then the next one was Don't Keep Me a Secret, which is a phrase uh, you know, I didn't invent the phrase, but I popularized it in my target industry. Uh, you know, someone says, hey, you've done a great job. Great. You know, please don't keep us a secret. Don't keep me a secret. Don't keep our value. It's a fun little phrase. People love it. Gets a smile. Sometimes turns into introductions right on the spot. Uh, my last book on referrals was Beyond Referrals. And why I titled it that is because the referral, as important as it is and, and coveted as it is, it's not the end game, right? The end game is the new client. So we've got to turn that willingness to refer us into an actual introduction, a connection, whether we get introduced in person, whether we get introduced via email or, or text or whatever it may be. Uh, and then, of course, we've got to set the appointment. We've got to <laughs> earn the new client. And so the beyond referrals kind of covers that whole range of, of activity, but all based on the premise of being introduced by someone else, the, using that borrowed trust as the kind of the common denominator. So those are those books. And, you know, it, it's all about, uh, I call it exponential growth, right? If you, if you serve your clients well, 
they will talk to others. They should. That's a barometer of doing a good job is those unsolicited referrals. But that's not always enough to build your business where you want to go. So you have to be that proactivity I talked about asking. And that's how you create exponential growth. That's how you can multiply your best clients or customers is being appropriately proactive. I wouldn't like to end this podcast without asking you a question around leadership. And I'm going to go down this road just briefly because I think I'm right in saying you've been eight years on the board of the National Speakers Association. I mean, that's a, that's a long time to serve any organization. So there must be something Amen. about, <laughs> there must be something about Bill Cates that, that uh, demonstrates great leadership qualities. What is it about, apart from the fact you serve your community uh, with, with great, uh, with great professionalism. Mm-hmm. The, the, the fact mm-hmm. is you've been there for a while for a reason. What, what's the, what's the reason why you are a great leader in the industry? Yeah, I guess for me personally, um, I can't speak for everyone's motivation, but for me is I just really care about love, honor, uh, want to give back to the organization that helped me be successful. When I, when I joined the National Speakers Association, when I was an aspiring speaker, uh, what we often reflectionally, affectionately refer to as a wannabe, um, you know, I, I had no idea, no clue. And, and I just kept learning and I was a sponge for knowledge. And, you know, I eventually got to the point where we generate over a million dollars of revenue a year from, you know, the activity related to speaking and things you know related to it. And so, you know, I have a National Speakers Association to thank for that. Um, and so how could I not want to give back? How can I not want to make sure that this, that the association stays vibrant and alive and, and, and helps others. And it continues to help me on on a selfish standpoint. You know, I had the opportunity to be on the board with some other very successful and smart people. And now I've formed relationships, friendships with them that will last forever. And so, uh, you know, whenever you give like that, you sure do get a lot back. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's what, what kept me going. Good for you. I, I love the, I love the phrase wannabe because when I grew up, I want to be Bill Cates. That's, that's, oh, please. Uh, that's no, what I've decided. Don't. That's what I've decided I want to be. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I want to be you because I'm deeply envious. I'm not musically very talented. In fact, I'm not musically talented at all, but uh, it would be remiss of me not to ask you about life as a drummer in a rock and roll band. You've got to tell us about that one. Yeah, that's probably the most dangerous adventure of all uh, that I've taken in my life. Um, I almost got shot by a jealous ex-husband at a nightclub, all kinds of fun things there. But um, I mean, it, it was great for a while. I mean, I was a part-time drummer when I was in university. I you know, played a lot. I played a lot of weddings and things like that. But I always wanted to play full-time. And, and so I, after... Uh, in the, better, in the middle of graduate school, I, I decided graduate school wasn't for me. So I quit and I got an offer to play in a band. And I said, oh, what the heck? Let's give it a try, right? Like you said, you know, say yes and then figure it out. <laughs> um, and so we toured around the country. It was great. We didn't, you know, we weren't famous or anything. We had a blast, a lot of fun. Uh, and what happened to me is several years into this, I, I did a talent assessment. And I said, all right, how, how good I, am I as, as a drummer? What, what, what is possible for me in this world? And I decided that I probably ought to find a new profession. Uh, I was a decent drummer. I might, I'm sure I would have gotten better over time, but I would probably be playing, you know, 
Holiday Inns, little little hotels the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I moved on to other things. Um, but it, it, was, it was a blast, you know, I'll never forget. I still have my drums set up in my basement. I play from time to time. It's a little hard to play just by yourself, you know, like a guitar or piano. You can do a song by yourself. Drum, a little harder. <laughs> I, I love the fact that, I, I love that expression, talent assessment. There's going to be a lot of people listening going, yep, I need to do one of those right now. Uh, so uh, <laughs> time, is, uh, time is, is pressing. I've got two more things I need to ask you, Bill. Very important. Uh, sure. one, one very important from your perspective is because there's a lot of people out there listening now going, Bill Cates, this is great. Never heard of this guy before. Want to know all about him. Want to connect with him. Want to engage him. Want to read his book. Mm. Uh, we'll talk mm. about the book in a minute because we are going to purchase uh, five copies of Bill's books and we are going to make them available as a prize. As you know, we do it with lots of guests on the Sandro Forty podcast. Um, so how do people connect with you, Bill? Social media, website, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, if you type in Bill Cates, um, you know, and LinkedIn, I'm sure I will come up maybe first or, or pretty close. There's a few other Bill Cateses in the world. Every now and then I run into them at a trade show and they have it on their badge and I'm going, who stole my badge? Um, that's actually happened more than once. And uh, so, yeah, LinkedIn is a great way to connect. Uh, my website is referralcoach.com, referralcoach.com. And we have a, a report that we've uh, created, a guide, I should say, that's free to all your listeners. Uh, so if you go to exponentialgrowthguide.com, I'll say it again, exponentialgrowthguide.com. It's free. Get it. Uh, you can get into my world a little bit that way and you know, be happy to see how I can serve you. Thank you. This presupposes that we know how to spell exponentialguide.com. But anyway, assuming we can, that's what, <laughs> that's, that's what we'll be doing. Um, and the final question, which is the, the kind of the all important one, and you've shared uh, so much in sh- such a short space of time. And I, I do want to thank you, Bill. Um, mm-hmm. But let's just imagine, you know, you're still, a, you're still a spring chicken, right? So uh, I know it's hard for you to think right now about a younger version of Bill Cates, you know, possibly mm-hmm. the younger younger guy you meet at at an event somewhere that's wearing your badge. And he says to you, you know, given all of that amazing life and business experience that you've accumulated over the years, uh, the mountains you've climbed and the Arctic circles in which you've camped, if you put all of that together and you could give me one or two words of wisdom encapsulating all of those great experiences just to help me on my way in life, Bill, what would those few words of wisdom be by way of a summary? Yeah. the first thing that comes to mind is actually something that was said to me by a mentor of mine when I was young and he called me Billy. He said, Billy Cates, if you ever uh, run into a challenge in your life, business, personal, uh, the first thing you need to look at is your beliefs. Meaning what do you believe about yourself? What do you believe about the other people involved? What do you believe about the business, the situation? You have to look there first because you may very well have some limiting beliefs, mistaken beliefs, um, things that are keeping you from maximizing that situation. And, uh, you know, what happens in business a lot, I'm sure you've seen this and you're probably guilty of it. I am. When we hit a struggle in business, the first thing we look at is, is we go tactical, right? Well, maybe I should send out more emails or maybe I should do this or that. And it's tactical. But if it's if you have limiting beliefs that are giving you the wrong strategies, then all the tactics in the world won't make much of a difference. And so it really, all the success we're able to achieve in our life uh, fundamentally is about what we believe is possible. 
Very well said. And that is a great way to finish a terrific chat on the Sandro Forte podcast today. Uh, I told you, uh, everyone listening, I told you that uh, you'd much prefer to have Bill Cates on the show today than Bill Gates. We've learned so much more, I'm sure, from you, Bill. Thank you once <laughs> again. It, it's great. I'm so sorry we haven't seen each other for a while, but I do hope our paths will cross, if not virtually, then on a stage somewhere um, yes. a- around the world in time to come. My best wishes to you and all the family. Keep being great at what you do. And, uh, and thank you once again for joining us. Sandra, thank you so much.